Hello and welcome to Odson Serie A 19th match day with all the tips and predictions with Danny Fisichella. Danny, you nailed your Aka yesterday. How are you? Yes, again, good win, 9.98. You know, not bad, you know, extra cash. Come on, go and do some extra shopping. You can even buy a gift to your second cousin if you want. Exactly. Let's try to back some money as well in the last match day of the year of 2021. And of course, the, one, the last one in the first round, we have Inter Milan. As a winter champion, we are going to analyze everything, as I said, with Danny Fisichella, of course, with you. Ask any question to Danny, leave any comment in the comment section and don't forget to click on the like button and subscribe to our channel. And now let's go on with the show. Three games on Tuesday, the rest on Wednesday before Serie A goes on holidays. And let's start with the bottom of the table. Salernitana, it looks very bad for them. Playing in Udine, Udinese, Dani, at the end, Chof is doing a good job, at least in the first games with him in charge of Udinese. Thrash Cagliari, 0-4, also scored four in Copa. They drew against Mila. So, very good start for him and I guess we all expect, as every single team playing against Salernitana, to have a comfortable victory. Yes, because they are the worst team in Serie A, probably the worst team in the top five leagues. I feel sorry for Salernitana also because the, the, the management team is in turmoil with this new acquisition uh, from new owners. They don't know. They might be even expelled from Serie A because of the double ownership with Lotito. It looks like a mess against Inter. It was basically a training session for Inter. Salernitana looked lost, had no ideas, had nowhere to go, nowhere to pass the ball. Ribery sometimes were trying to run with the ball and then had no one to pass the ball to. No goals for Salernitana in the last five games. The worst goal difference in Serie A, and I think it's probably one of the worst goal difference in the five major leagues that we analyze on Odson videos. So, yes, a very tough ask for Salernitana, who only have eight points in the table. Now, if they want to get saved this season, you know, they need to make... 38 points or well let's say 30 32 points okay in the last in the next 20 games can they do it no they can't and a Salern at the Udine is going to be difficult I don't know what Choffi has changed to Udinese uh, it looks like the same team that was playing under Gotti I think they shouldn't suck Gotti but maybe they're playing with a little bit more uh, freedom maybe they needed a little bit of a kick on the backside the players look I think when he's on his day Deulofeu in Italy, it's one of the top 10, number 10, if you like, in terms of quality, uh, way, the, the way he passes the ball, the way he can run between the line. And he was really inspired at Cagliari. Can they do it again at home when they've not been great so far this season? Only three wins back to March uh, this year for Udinese at Stadio Friuli, but the last game against Milan was uh, positive. I think they can do it. I think, uh, I mean, also because the opposition is poor, uh, they should be able to win it. So the odds for Udinese to win are very low. It is something you can put on your ACA, which mm. I'm going to tell you uh, later on. But maybe Udinese to win uh, the first half is more appealing because that almost doubles your money, 195. 
Mm, probably greater fourth in Germany is even worse than this Salernitana. No, I did check. I think greater fourth. Well, they play less games, but yeah, yeah it's it's there or there. But we need to ask Thomas Tom Rennie if Norwich are worse than Salernitana at the moment. I don't know. For sure, Levante, San Etienne, greater fourth and Salernitana. That'd be, that'd be an interesting league, yeah. Are the worst. Uh, it's also bad times for Genoa and their Shevchenko is not improving at all, luckily for them. They have the winter break. Genoa, Atalanta is the next one. They lost against Lazio as we expected. Four consecutive defeats for them in Serie A. No victories for Shevchenko, no victories for Genoa since mid-September. And I guess, Danny. Atalanta is going to be angry, is going to be in need for another victory away. Remember that this is the best team playing away in Serie A after their surprising this, uh, defeat against Roma. Angry also because they got the 2-2 goal disallowed for a very suspect offside. You know, the rules are not very clear. Even the uh, fourth official, the VAR official, then uh, published an, uh, an excuse to Atalanta. Probably the goal should have stood and that would have been a different game for Atalanta. But Atalanta uh, disappointed me because they couldn't break down a very organized defense. They had the ball a lot. Uh, they did create chances, but not as many as the possession stats uh, suggest. And it was a very good display uh, from Roma. Atalanta struggled, especially when they were playing only with one up top, with Zapata up top, to find the spaces. Then they put Muriel, they put Malinowski, uh, they put Miranchuk at the end, but of course, they open up the space and it's always like this with Atalanta. They always, often concede goals. They are very vulnerable on the break, like the second goal that Zaniolo scored. So yes, they are a top-scoring team. They never fail to score, but careful with them, because in the last five or six games, they conceded quite a lot, and now they are minus six from Inter. It was a big chance for them to put pressure on Inter and challenge for the title this season. They need a reaction now. And they travel to a general side that, again, um, well, at, at this moment in time, the, the absentees and the injuries are a partial excuse because Shevchenko is getting back his best 11. The problem is that his best 11 is nowhere near as good as Lazio, is nowhere near as good as Atalanta. And he's a team that also is very naive. I mean, the first goal they conceded in Roma, they lost possession in their own half, uh, stupidly, and then he opened up for Pedro. You know, they managed to concede three against Lazio, playing without Immobile. Hence, the odds are massively high for Genoa to win this game. I don't trust them. I think Atalanta could run riot here. They could score a couple of goals. I see them winning and I see them scoring, uh, perhaps conceding the odd goal because, you know, Gasperini always uh, concede a goal uh, somehow. Uh, but Atalanta to score in both halves, 2 or 5 uh, we have Nikhil telling us uh, Atalanta might, might smash Genoa. Therefore, Wanchuk is going for Atalanta is a handicap minus one. The first two games are kind of interesting for Asian handicaps uh, if we want to get more money. Also, the next one, Juventus Cagliari. At the beginning of the season, Danny, uh, Juventus were not keeping a clean sheet. And in the last games, not against Venezia, but... In general, they are better defensively the last four games, all of them under 2.5 goals, as you highlighted before. Uh, Bologna, the Dallara is a good stadium for them. Therefore, they got the three points and Cagliari, well, received eight in the conceded eight in the last two. 
but uh, but the stadium to get back on track and get some points. I mean, and Cagliari is still stuck with. Uh, I mean, the, the president actually, the, the, the director of football said they trust Mazzarri. Uh, that's the only certain they have. The new manager, they've been terrible uh, so far. You know, defeat for Nina Dudinese. But you know, really, really harsh words from the director of football Cagliari towards some of the players. They say they are not uh, fit to wear the shirt of Cagliari. Cagliari is full of good players on paper. Nandez, Strotman, João Pedro, Keita, Godin. Caceres, Cragno, the keeper, they're just not performing and they shouldn't be in regulations battle, but they've been there for the last two years. Something is wrong. Also, I think sometimes they're set up too defensively by uh, their managers. But yes, in terms of uh, psychological and mental strength, they are very, very weak. They are the worst team uh, playing away. Of course, no wins. Only one win in the league so far. Worst start of the season in the last 40, 50 years. I don't remember. They got smashed by Inter two weeks ago. And they go to Turin to play a Juventus side that kept five clean sheets in the last seven. But the numbers only tell half of the story. Against Bologna, the first half, you know, yes and no from Juventus, glimpses of good football, good movements from Morata, good goal, playing again without Dybala yet, you know, and without Chiesa, so difficult for Allegri. Second half, Juventus were camped in their own half. Bologna had a big chance and then scored on the break, out of a sudden, against the run of play, with Quadrado. I think the difference is that with these teams, even if Juventus doesn't play that well, but they got four or five champions that sometimes are performing at their level and they are enough to win the games. Juventus definitely mm-hmm. needs to improve during the new year, uh, although they're not going to invest much in the transfer market. That's what they said, but they need to improve and play better. Good news for Allegri, maybe with the new system 4-2-3-1, it's better uh, suited for uh, the, the, the the players he has, waiting for Chiesa to return. Uh, maybe it was a blessing in disguise, the injury, so it could change the system a little bit. Um, I can't really find a value in this one, unless you want to go for an Aka Juventus to win. So I'm trying to be a little bit uh, creative. Even the Asian handicap, you need to go minus two to really find the value. So you can go Juventus to score from the penalty spot with a caveat, betting half a unit. So if you normally bet one, bet 0.5 because the other so high, 350, you're still going to get a good return. And, you know, considering that Juventus is going to have a lot of the ball, they're going to be in Cagliari's box every, you know, often. They could, they could have a penalty, but be cautious. Otherwise, this is a pass for me. Wanchuk is going for Juventus to win 2 nil since they are getting some clean sheets in the last games. Uh, but Cagliari yes, have. Five out of seven, yes, five out seven. And Danny, you are the GOAT. The greatest of all times for some look, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't go that far, thank you. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you like it. I know some people comment that they don't like it because sometimes we get some tips wrong. But you know, as I said, the crystal ball hasn't been invented yet. I mean, if he has, please yeah. uh, send it for Christmas, of course. Or lean back uh, to the future. We had the almanac. Yes, if we, we were, we'd be like if Thunder. <laughs> yeah, that would be easy. But I haven't, I haven't but... been on the DeLorean either. So, you know, please. Exactly. Not yet. Not yet. Then uh, you were right also in the game of Sassuolo in the Frankie because we expected many goals and we saw four goals always very entertaining. This Sassuolo uh, with very good players like Scamacca or Fratesi, for instance, who were the scorers in that game. They are in a good run. 
six undefeated games and they are playing against Bologna. Both teams actually have the same points, uh, as we mentioned. They lost to Juve, so three consecutive defeats for them. Two victories only away for them this season. That's why Sassuolo are favourites. But as we always say, when Sassuolo is not playing a big team, be careful. They do turn up against big teams. And it's, this is the beauty of Sassuolo. Look, I think every time you watch Sassuolo-Fiorentina this season, potentially it could be the game of the season because so many things happen, so many goals are scored. And then again, Sassuolo 2-0 up Fiorentina, playing really well, but... You know, the games are 90 minutes and often Sassuolo in the second half, they dig deep. I mean, Sassuolo is not a team that is built to defend, really. They don't have players with the defensive mindset. They also go midfielders that are very technical, but sometimes they do get caught on possession because they like to overplay. Going forward, a team that's got Raspadori, Scamacca, Berardi, Juricic when he comes in, Boga if he's not injured, Frattesi, very good midfielder. He's going to be in the national team soon as well. They're always going to score goals. The problem is at the back, of course, and the problem is keeping focus for uh, for 90 minutes. Brilliant game of Firenze. They could have won it in the end as well. A fair draw. The last 12 games of Sassuolo, they've all been both to score. So you might want to go for that market and think Bologna could nick a goal. Brilliant stats as well. New betting stats on the Oddspedia uh, website. So, you know, go and have a look. That will definitely help you as they help me for uh, my tips. Bologna against Juventus. Uh, I mean, Unlucky in the second half, I would say, because they created chances, not clear-cut chances. Um, again, Mijalovic teams with the 3-5-2 works well. It is a team that although play a quite deep line, so it's a quite defensive team, especially when they travel away. But they've been able to nick the odd win here. And uh, I think Sassuolo are going to dominate technically the game. You could go for them to win, but again, there is the big caveat. Are they going to turn up against a medium-sized team? I prefer going for corners because they are a team that attacks a lot, takes quite a lot of corners uh, recently as well as you can see on your screen. And the Asian handicap for corners is minus 0.5 for Sassuolo, 239. So basically for you to win the stake, Sassuolo needs to take two more corners than Bologna. Mm, goals, both teams to score, corners, uh, always offensive stats to bet in favor of uh, Sassuolo. Then we have Venezia, Lazio. Venezia still in risk, of course, of getting uh, into the bottom three, but they got a good point against Sampdoria with Henry uh, scoring at the end. Five games without a victory. And Lazio, Dani, usually they are pretty bad, actually, when they are playing away. Let's see if finally they can improve in Venezia. Yeah, well, they should. And we said with the, with Venezia, they are a very up and down team. But so is Lazio. Uh, this Lazio, this Lazio team again, first season of Sari. It takes a while, I think, for them to get used to the to the new manager, for the players to get used to what they have to do on the pitch, etc. I think uh, it was positive against Genoa, but they were massively helped by Genoa's lack of focus in the final third when they were uh, defensive. But they can take uh, credit for scoring three goals without Immobile. We know that they did struggle uh, before. You know, the previous game away for Lazio, good win at Sampdoria. I think when they find teams that play football, they like to play expansive football, as Venezia does. Although, I mean, I always say Venezia spends most of the time in their own half. 
but they know how to play. It's a team that plays with three strikers or two strikers and Aramu. And, you know, they, they like to not just defend and sit deep despite being a newly promoted team. So I think Lazio could enjoy a good game uh, at Venezia. Uh, Venezia, on the other hand, as I said, often on the verge of losing, often on the verge of conceding. They don't attack much. The attacking stats are poor for them. Probably we couldn't expect more from a, a newly promoted side, but they need goals. They got this capacity with Henry. By the way, Henry has scored as many Serie A goals as Thierry Henry. Three. So, and the goal that he scored at the weekend, I think Thierry Henry would have been proud of. Um, I mean, with Henry, with Okereke, with Aramu, they do find a way to score goals because they're not afraid of going forward. So, this could be a goal fest, uh, as often is when Lazio are playing. So why not going for an over 2.75 goals, which pays to one? Question, how can they beat 0.75 goals? Where do you find 0.75 goals? This is the Asian handicap, of course. So if there are only three goals in the game, you win half a stake. If there are four goals, you win 2-1. And with Pepe Reina on the goal, there is always a lot of chances to see. Many... But Stracoscia now, Stracoscia. Ah, Stracoscia now, okay. Well, it's, okay. it's not a Stracoscia, it's a Leviashin. I mean, I mean Stracoscia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's not a player, but, you know, it's, it's Stracoscia. <laughs> then the other team of the capital, Roma, playing at home against Sampdoria. A good opportunity for them to get another victory. They beat Spezia, they beat Atalanta. And what is more important, Dani, Saniolo shining, scoring a goal, oh, finally, in Serie A. Sampdoria, nine points over the relegation zone. I guess uh, Daversa no, can be quiet and easy yeah. eating uh, Lelentique and Cotecino in Genoa. Let's see, I guess, I hope no, Roma will win again this game. They are but, I mean, uh, we saw the, probably the best Roma of the season. No? Not much for the way they play, but for the way they approach the game and the way, you know, that, that competitiveness, that anger, uh, that fighting spirit that Mourinho has been able to give them but not always they show at against top teams and against medium teams. It was the first time Roma beaten a top team in the last 12 encounters. So again, I think it's a massive weight of the shoulders. They were very good because they were slightly lucky with the first goal from Tammy Abram, but then they set up well, very compact, very hard to beat, amazing defending from Smalling and Ibanez and Mancini, all three of them, really, really good game, but especially the Englishman against Zapata, massive game, and then being able to nick a goal on the counter with Zaniolo, a little bit of a wobble when Atalanta scored, but that's normal, and then again in the second half, making the most of Atalanta's mistakes. Atalanta, we know, they don't defense set pieces very well, boom, small in goal, and then in the end, another goal from Abram. By the way, Abram, what a great game he had, not just because he scored, but for the way he came across on the pitch, he helped the team, he played with the Someone is calling more than me. Abraham, he, must be, he, must be, he, must, he must be my agent. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, wait, put, let's, put, let's, put, let's put the phone not alone. So it's uh, what I was saying. Abraham, a uh, very, very good game, almost playing like Jekyll, you know, coming towards the uh, coming towards the, the team and make them uh, play. Sampdoria is a team that have found a good goal scorer in Gabbiadini. I think he's four in the last four uh, for him. And then a good partnership with Caputo. 
it is a team that still struggles for uh, creativity. I mean, it is a team that sometimes they play very monodimensional football, route one, crosses into the box, etc., etc. So, you know, I'm not uh, 100% sure about how much they can hurt Roma, and I'm going to go for a home-home 250. So Roma to be winning at halftime and a full-time, 250, that's, I think, is a very good hold for a team that at home so far this season has been good. Exactly. This season, the past season, usually at the Olympico, Roma are very good. Also, Inter, they've been very good. And actually, they are already winter champions. They open a gap in the top of the table. 5-0 against Salernitana, 4-0 against Cagliari, five consecutive victories, not conceding a single goal. Everything is very positive, Danny, and the run should continue because Torino, at home, they are very good, but away, they are very poor. Only five points this season, one victory. We always back them when they are playing at home and back the other team when they are playing away. Well, for Inter, uh, is the last game of the year. It's been so good. Uh, they could establish the new record of points in the calendar year. And uh, yes, they've been amazing. They scored 103 goals in this year from Inzaghi, from Conte to Inzaghi. This is a team built on the foundation of Inzaghi, of Conte, but improved by Inzaghi, who gave players more freedom, more opportunity to go forwards. You really don't know where the threat is coming from. Is it coming from the wings? Is it coming from Sanchez? Is it coming from from midfield, Inter plays well. We have to say the debate is open. Is this the best Inter in terms of the way they play in the last 10-15 years? I leave the, the, the question to you. I think so. But anyway, against uh, Torino, so I mean, it's a high-scoring team. The stats are there to show that they are really, really dangerous. They'll be without Barella, who picked up a, a yellow card, and he will be suspended. So that may be a slightly concern for Inter. The place at Torino side, at home, is really impressive. Against Verona, they did well, although they were playing against a man for over an hour. But they really uh, pressed high, uh, created a few chances, maybe not, not many, but you know enough to justify uh, the win. And they do not concede many spaces to the opposition. Milinkovic-Savic, although did a very good save in the last minute, uh, is not one of the busiest keepers in Serie A. So Inter needs to be mindful because Torino are going to set up with the same system, 3-5-2. And I think they're going to try to be as hard to beat as possible, so probably defending with five or six when Inter has got the ball. So it will be perhaps hard to find the space, especially on the wide areas. But then Torino also has players like Lukic, like Brecalo, like the same Sanabria. They play without a, a recognized number nine, but quick players that can play between the lines. So pick the spaces behind Brozovic and Chalanoglu's back. I think it's going to be a very good game. It's going to be a tough game for uh, the champions, not as walk in the park as the odds suggest. I don't like 137, to be fair, for Inter. You know, if you look at Juventus, Juventus-Cagliari, the Juve win is 150. Uh, I think I think this odd it's, is no reflection of how well Torino and how improved Torino are this uh, season. I'm not saying Inter are not favorite, but there could be a, a surprise or there could be a both to score, for example, although Inter hasn't conceded in the last five. I like the both to score in a potentially high-scoring game, 2 or 4. So be careful, guys, as Danny is telling you. Flip is going for Inter is a handicap minus one. Rafael Inter to win or score in both halves. 
actually, usually to scoring both halves pays very well, but it's very risky. Therefore, the odds are very high. Yes. Our Inter to win minus 1.5 goals, David. Again, be careful. Danny sees travel. It could be travel for Inter playing against Torino. Then we have a good game on paper in the Ventegodi. Verona Fiorentina because Verona you just mentioned that they lost against Torino they also lost against Atalanta but at home they are usually a strong team is not a team easy to beat and with Fiorentina we are always having fun of course Blahovic by the way Danny 16 goals this yes. season really impressive and the odds are pretty balanced uh, suggest a draw it could be, it could be. Although Fiorentina picked up the first draw of the season on yeah. Sunday, they never draw, so, so now they haven't got the record either. Uh, it could be, I mean, everything suggests goals. I think Verona at Torino, um, they were unlucky. I mean, the sending off in the first half screwed the spl their plans completely. I'm not sure about the substitutions of Tudor, who straight away after they got the defender sent, sent off, Magnani, I think he changed two attacking players for two Borromi defielder and um, you know a play the play a player that plays between the lines like Sutalo. I think that cut a lot of chances for Verona and there was a lot of time to go. Maybe they were worried Torino were going to score goals, but as soon as then they made the changes, Torino scored the first goal, so it really didn't work out. Verona weren't as threatening as I would have expected. In fact, I got it wrong in that prediction. I said both to score over 2.5, it didn't uh, work. But normally, you know, Verona, uh, fifth or sixth attack of the Serie A, normally they do score at home. And this is a Fiorentina side that doesn't really know the half measures. Highly spectacular going forward, uh, but this uh, obviously opens up the, um, the opportunity for uh, mistakes. And, you know, we need to accept that this is a team that is young, does a change a lot, a change style of play, but they do going to make mistakes. So what do we want? We want an effective team, very cagey, that wins 1-0, or we want to see spectacular games as Fiorentina has done. I want to see spectacular games. So I do like the Fiorentina approach. Also, the way they play very wide. They they use the extensive extension of the pitch with Saponara, with Nico Gonzalez on the other side. Really, really a, uh, a good, good watch. And of course, Blaovic, you mentioned it as well. Uh, draw or double chance for Verona. I'm not sure how much he pays. Ooh. There is a lot of value. But the goals market I like in the second half. Fiorentina tend to score quite a lot in the second half as well. Over 1.5 goals in the second half, 198. Goals and goals in this game. One took both teams to score over three goals. Of course, we should see the goals market mostly in, in most of the games, actually. Because Serie A is the high-scoring league. It's this year, mm -hmm. the average in Serie A is like three or something. So, I mean, you, if you go over two goals in Serie over 2.5 goals in Serie A, 80% of the times you win it. Depends what kind of odds you're, you're looking at, but you are winning it, really. On the goals market, on the both-to-score market, is a winning market this year in Serie A. Exactly, 1.86 for over 2.5 goals, around 1.6 for both teams to score in this game. Then we have Empoli-Milan. Danny, before we analyze this game, uh, David asked you at the beginning of the video about your opinion about the goal disallowed by David Massa. Look, it's borderline, and I think I understand why Milan fans feel aggrieved about it, although... 
I can't see why the VAR has disallowed it. Uh, Giroud is on the floor. He's offside because he's lying on the floor. So his head and his body is offside. And he's in a tangle with Juan Jesus. And as the ball is played towards Giroud and Juan Jesus, Juan Jesus can't really clear it, although he's on the floor because Giroud is really next to him. So we can say he obstructs him. I can see why it's borderline. Look, I think uh, three years ago he would have stood, of course, because the referee and the, but now we live in the in the VAR era, and if you dissect it, uh, I think it is uh, it is it is uh, it is offside. I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. And this game is going to be very tricky also for Milan because it's not easy playing Empoli right now, although at the Castellani they are worse than playing away, but no defeats in the last five, three victories, two draws, even getting points against uh, big teams. And this uh, Milan, Dani, now three games without any victory in all competitions, four points away from Inter, for sure they must win this one to stay in the race they have to because now of course they surrender the campionato d'inverno to inter they had a dip in form i think um in, since november plagued by the injuries a lot of injuries a lot of key players missing i think the ones that are missing the most are Rebic and Leao. They miss the dynamism on the sides. They also miss the Hernandez against Napoli. And you could tell it's not the same Milan, especially when the fullbacks don't come inside into the pitch and allow Leao or Rebic to overlap. That was one of the key factors of Pioli's Milan at the beginning. Now it's much more static. A lot of times ball to Ibrahimovic, he tries to hold up. I still think Ibrahimovic is playing far too many games from the start uh, for his age and for his physical condition. Of course, he's always dangerous, but I don't think that was the plan at the beginning of the season. Things have uh, changed. Yes, so Milan are having a deep in form uh, for sure. They are conceding a little bit more because they're missing Chiar. And this is going to be a test for Milan because Empoli yeah. is a young team, newly promoted, the, the surprise of Serie A so far, very close with the 27 points to achieving salvation. I think this year salvation is going to be extremely cheap, 33, 34 points maximum. I cannot see Genoa, Cagliari and Salernitana collecting 30 points in the, in the second round of fixtures. And Empoli, Aspezia... They play well, uh, went behind. Uh, when they put Cutrone in, former Milan player, they were better. So again, Andrea Zoli is a manager that is not afraid of playing attacking football. He often leaves two strikers on the pitch. My start with Cutrone and Pinamonti on the pitch for this one. I like it. I like Empoli a lot. I watch Empoli quite a lot and often is entertaining. Again, a team that uh, sometimes at home uh, been a little, has been a bit, a, lot, a bit up and down, but I think it's also about to uh, to improve and this is down to okay not being very experienced in this division uh, Milan although away they are good I think they might find it initially hard so this is a very hard one to predict I would say so I went for a nation handicap in the first half of plus 0.25 for Empoli what does it mean that if the if the first half ends in a draw, you win half your stake. If Empoli wins the first half, you win 195. If Milan wins the first half, you've lost your stake. But you have the chance that with a draw, you win half of your stake. 
Tricky trip for Milan. Actually, we trusted them when they visited uh, Friuli, Udine, and then they drew. And with this one, it's going to be way, way tough. Oh, Both teams to score for Flippy. And Rafael is highlighting, of course, the spirit of Empoli and that they always play well against the big guns. We saw, we saw it and we said it when they played against Napoli, actually. So... Be careful, be careful, Milan, because they cannot drop more points. And the last game is Napoli, that they are back on track, back on the title race after three winless games. They are playing Spezia. I guess they should win. But if you remember, Danny, last season, they were absolutely lucky, but we saw Spezia winning at yeah. the Diego Armando Maradona. Now it's another Spezia. And I guess we should expect no a comfortable Napoli victory. Uh, we should, if anything, for the morale that the win in Milan gave them. Maybe the draw would have been a fair result, but let's not forget, they were without Ruiz, Lobotka, Mario Rui, Ossiman. So it was a makeshift lineup for uh, Napoli. Uh, Mertens came on the second half. I would have expected Napoli to do a little bit better on the counter-attack against Milan, Really, they only created the goal and that was it. I don't remember big saves from uh, Magnan on the second half. But, you know, very solid at the back with Rachmani and with Juan Jesus, which we do not do not normally see uh, playing much. Again, Ospina wasn't the uh, busiest. I think the backbone of Napoli organization is the defense. That was the key to the success. Finding again a clean sheet and perhaps repeating it now against Spezia could be really important to finish the, uh, the year in a high. A team that in the summer has not been strengthened much only with Zambuangissa so maybe we don't have to over expect from them uh, too much and you know and they did all right in the Europa League in the end Spezia uh, there is a Spezia home and a Spezia away a home I think they would be saved uh, as it stands now. Uh, they often score, uh, they play well, they often take the lead, they got problems with closing the games down, but you know, they're not a bad team at all to watch at home. They scored against top teams as well. When they go away, uh, it's the lack of experience, it's being passive, it's basically almost sometimes getting caught in two minds, whether attacking, whether defending. We saw at Inter, they lost to nil, they went to Roma, they lost to nil. They don't seem to get into the games until the opposition score one or two. So they need a little bit more courage when they play there. Uh, tough acts for Spezia. If anything, they might pay for the luck they had last season because, yes, that was a win at San Paolo, but you know, they were extremely, yeah. extremely lucky to pick up that 2 1 win. Um, both to score no, which pays 2 5. You can go Napoli clean sheet as well, it pays a little bit less. Napoli to win to, let, to nil pays a little bit less. Both to score no, 2 5. Okay, Napoli to score in both halves for Raymond 1.8 or Rafael Napoli to win and over 2.5 goals. Then, Danny, this is it. We've analyzed every single game of Serie A in 2021. We had a lot of fun. The next uh, match day is going to be on the 6th of January. La Befana with all the presents from the uh, Strega, no? To the Italian... Yes, from the, from the witch. The witch. Exactly, the witch. But before, of course, uh, let's see if you can nail another Aka. Come on, Christmas Aka. Atalanta win. Juventus Cagliari, both to score, no. Roma win. Empoli Milan, both to score. Napoli Spezia, over 2.5 goals. Total odds, 10.08. And hopefully, it's going to be a buon Natale. Merry Christmas, if you get the Aka right. 
Exactly, Dani. Buon Natale, buon anno. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you for being with us the whole year with this Serie Thanks everyone, of course, for watching. And we will be back in the next year, of course, with Odds on Serie Still, don't forget to press the like button and subscribe so you can support us to keep doing these videos. Dani, thank you and see you soon. Thank you very much. Have a good season. Have a good festive season. Buon Natale. Happy 2022. See you soon in the new year.